And so um, my, I can't, I, you know, Kevin's a great guy. Uh, he's a smart guy for being from Kentucky. He really is. I mean, he finished first in his class in possum wrestling, I think I heard. And so I can't really say anything. My parents are from West Virginia, and they still call the computer mouse a critter. So I can't really say anything. <laughs> about that. But I, would, I do want to say this, because a lot of you don't always fill out the connection card or don't even take a connection card, but there is a place at the bottom of this connection card to register for this lunch next week. We want to buy you lunch. Uh, we want to watch your kids for you, and we want to help you get connected in a group. And so um, I really strongly encourage you, if you're not in a connection group, uh, to fill this out, drop it off at the info hub as you walk out these doors. There's a little square box there that says connection cards. I guess technically it's rectangular, but it says connection cards on it. You can drop it in there. We'd love to have you signed up because we do believe that the best thing for all of our walks with Christ is to get connected in a group of other people uh, trying to find their way back to God. And that's the way uh, we can best uh, disciple one another and minister to one another. And so I encourage you to do that. And I'm going to remind you again after the service. Hey, if you have your Bibles, take them out to Matthew chapter 16. I promise we will get there in just a couple of minutes. Um, we're going to skip around a little bit before that. But uh, first of all, my name is Steve Wallen. I'm the campus pastor here at Genesis Church, and um, I'm really glad you guys are here on this holiday weekend. If you haven't been with us, we're in the middle of this series called Getting Past Your Past. And what we've been talking about is how all of us, or most of us anyway, um, have something in our past that we're not really proud of. And last week we said that because Jesus went to the cross for us, because he was born and he took on all of our sin and he took it to the cross and it died with him, because Jesus did that, that we can be free of our sin and we don't have to worry about our mistakes, that we can be a new creation in Christ. In fact, our whole three-week series is based on this verse from 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. And that's good news. I mean, that's great news because it means that if if we're in Christ, in other words, if we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior uh, of our lives, that we can be made new, that we can be uh, freed from our sin and our mistakes that have happened in the past. But what if the problem with our past isn't so much something that we've done, uh, but instead it's an image that people have of us? What if it's our reputation? What if it's even an image that we have of ourselves? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today as we talk about what it means to get past labels. Now, uh, when you walked in, you should have received one of these. Even if you didn't take a worship program, hopefully uh, one of the friendly faces out there gave you one of these. If you got one from a young uh, brunette who was a little bit aggressive, I'm very sorry for her. I don't know what to do about that. But hopefully you got one of these. And uh, here's what I want you to do with it, okay? Nothing. Nothing right now. We'll talk about it later. Don't write your name on it. Uh, Don't stick it on your shirt. Don't stick it on your neighbor's shirt. Uh, Don't write, kick me, and put it on the person in front of you. As funny as you might think that would be, it wouldn't. So don't do that, okay? We're going to hold on to that because you're going to need it later in the service. But as as we start, I'm going to need your help, okay? I I want you to help me identify some of these people or characters uh, by their label. So can you help me with that? I'm going to show the first one here on the screen. This is Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid, right. How about this one? Oscar the Grouch. Pickles and ice cream, right. How about this one? Buffy the... Way too many of you knew that one. <laughs> okay, how about this one? Winnie the Winnie the Pooh. How'd you like to walk around your whole life with that label? Stevie the Pooh. I don't think so. I, I mean, I know the label kind of fit him, right? I'm just saying that maybe he'd rather be Winnie the Vampire Slayer. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you know, labels are useful sometimes. 
You know, we, we, they can help us identify who we're talking about. Like how many of you have like a big gym and a little gym in your life or something, somebody like that, right? Labels can help us keep things in order. How many uh, people in the room have that OCD disorder where you have to have the little label maker and you label everything and you label what drawer it goes in and then you label the drawer. And so um, if you have like, for instance, a pair of scissors that says utility drawer, and then on your utility drawer, you have a label that says scissors, right? Because you know where everything goes. You know, maybe, maybe you've got that issue. But labels, you know, can, can help us. They can help us stay in order. They can help us um, keep organized. But the problem is that sometimes, especially when we wear labels, uh, when they're applied to us, they can outlive their usefulness. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been at dinner on a sunny night and I realize I still have one of these, like, stuck to my shirt or to my pants. This is our Gin Kids label. You know, I'm supposed to use this to go pick up my daughter and Gin Kids, but occasionally I'll get out to dinner and I'll be like, oh, what's that still there for? I don't need that anymore. It's outlived its usefulness, right? Uh, and so let me give you an example. How many of you have, by show of hands, how many of you have a nickname? Anybody have a nickname? Now, uh, quite a few of you. It may be something that, um, like, you, your parents gave you, or your, maybe only your family knows, or maybe just a few close friends, but you have a nickname. Now, those of you who have a nickname, hands up again. How many of you have a nickname? Okay. Those of you who have a nickname, how many of you got it when you were very young? Like, maybe elementary school or younger, and it's kind of stuck with you, right? It stays with you. When we get labels, they stick with us almost our whole life. Does anybody remember Indianapolis Colts player, former Colts player, Anthony Booger McFarland? Anybody remember McFarland? He played on the Super Bowl team a few years back. Well, Anthony McFarlane got that nickname as a toddler because he was very hard to control as a little boy. And so his mom, he was a real booger is what his mom said. And so she gave him that nickname booger. And now he's a 35 year old man who weighs 300 and something pounds. And he's still running around with this nickname booger, right? Labels can stick with us uh, for a long time. And so uh, for as long as I can remember, my dad just called me son. And that was a label I had. That was a label I wore with pride. Now, my mom, on the other hand, uh, always called me Stephen. She's the only one that calls me Stephen. So don't try it. You won't get away with it, all right? My mom can do it. Nobody else. Uh, when I was a young man, uh, my dad had a friend who called me Chief. I loved that label. I wore that label with pride. That was a nickname I loved. But then I got to school, and I wasn't the tallest kid in my class. I wasn't the biggest kid in my class. And so I got a new label. I was squirt. That was one that I didn't like so much. In fifth grade, I remember I won a math competition. In fifth grade, our whole school, I beat everybody in math. And so I got a new label. I was dork. That was me. I remember in sixth grade, I went out for the school basketball team and uh, we were doing some scrimmage and tryouts and we played shirts and skins. And I ended up on the skins team. And my friend looked at me and said, man, Steve, you are really getting fat. So that was a label I had that I didn't wear with so much pride. And then uh, in middle school and high school, I kept trying out for the basketball team. I desperately wanted to be a part of that team, and I didn't make the team. And so I got a new label, reject. You know, and so I know that many of you might be wearing labels much worse than these. You know, maybe you feel like the label that you wear all the time is hypocrite. Uh, maybe you feel like it's ugly. Uh, maybe you feel like you wear a label that says, I'm divorced. You know, maybe you wear a label that says adulterer or widow or widower. Maybe your label says unlovable. I mean, in all fairness, I'm not willing to stand up here and tell you every one of the labels that I feel like I wear all the time. Chances are you aren't either. You know, but labels are bad enough when we end up wearing them around. But when they get worse is when we start believing what the labels say. We start believing what we wear. When we start acting them out, 
is when they start to run our lives and define who we are, right? And so dad says, I'm a failure, so why should I even try? You know, or everybody in school calls me a tramp, so I might as well act like one. You know, that, that teacher said I'll never amount to anything, so why even bother? Why try? I mean, you can see how they start to form our identity, can't you? You can see how we start to believe that maybe like we have something to hide. And so let's do some work today. All right, in your seat right now, just inside of your head, I want you to think of the one label that maybe you wear around that you'd like to get rid of. You don't, you don't have to share it with anyone. Okay, just keep it to yourself for now. If you, if you don't have one, let me just say that's great. And I know that there are probably people in this room that don't have a label that you feel like you carry around, and that's awesome. In fact, maybe you've sat through now two weeks of this series, and you're thinking, well, this series really isn't for me. I don't have anything. Well, maybe that's because you're supposed to use this to minister to someone else in your life. And maybe the best way you can minister to people who do have labels, who do have a past, who have a problem with that, you know, is to talk to them about this series. Maybe it's to invite them to church next week as we wrap up. Maybe it's to share the podcast with them. Maybe you can best minister to them by praying for them and asking about those things. I mean, maybe that's a way that you could start to disciple somebody or minister to somebody who's not even here in this church. I mean, you've already dealt with this stuff, and so maybe you need to help somebody else with it. But, but if you have a label in your head, um, here, here's what I want to do. I want to make sure you guys are tracking with me. Okay, so if you have a label in your head, something you just want to get rid of, would you just nod your head for me right there in your seat? Would you just nod your head? Okay, I see some of you nodding. Okay, good. Thanks. I want to make sure. And that's good because I believe that if you have any label you need to get past, it can happen today. Or at least it can start to happen today. You know, that, you're, it could, that could be the very reason you're here today is to get past that label. And see, I believe that Scripture teaches us that through a relationship with Jesus Christ, we can rip off these labels, all of them, right? I don't want to rip off that one, but we can rip off all these labels and we can find our true identity in our relationship with God. Uh, just like that last song you know, that we sang, we can find our relationship or our identity in Christ alone. And we see it in that verse that we've already shared from 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in, new Christ, in, is in Christ, a new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. And what I love about this verse is that word, anyone. It means that anyone can be made new. It means that no matter what that label is you're carrying in your head right now, you can be made new. It means that no matter how hurtful it is, no matter how recent it is, no matter what your past is, no matter what your mistakes are, no matter what people have said about you, no matter what your reputation is, no matter what you've thought about yourself, no matter how much truth is in that label, you can be a new creation. Anyone who's in Christ. Now, if you don't belong to Christ, or if you belong to Christ, okay, if you belong to Christ, what has happened? What's that verse say? You've been made new. All the old is gone. It's washed away. All the sin, all the past, all the newness of Christ, uh, of life in Christ is available to you. And, and he, as he gives you this, uh, there are three things that I believe that God is going to do for you. And if you're taking notes, these are on the back of your worship program if you want to follow along. But if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write these down. Uh, Three things that God's going to do for you. Number one is this. God will give you a new name. God will give you a new name, a new label. You know, in the book of Isaiah, God is talking uh, through the prophet Isaiah to his people, to the people of God, and he says this. He says, you will be called by a new name. A new name that what? A new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. A new name. And this is so important because if you're wearing one of those labels, it means that somebody has given you a name, right? Somebody has something that they call you. I mean, that's that's why the name tag you have in your hand says, hello, my name is on it. 
Because uh, on that label, if you're wearing that label, that's kind of how you think of yourself or how somebody else thinks of you. Uh, uh, Many of you have been held back by something you believe. You know, many of you have a nickname from your childhood or you have some kind of label that you still carry with you from a long, long time ago. Our Lord will bestow a new name. Okay, it's a little bit like um, how many of you are on Twitter? Any Twitter people here in the room? Quite a few of you. Okay, good. Um, I'm on Twitter. Um, a lot of our uh, students, high school students and college students are on Twitter. Um, every once in a while, you'll see people do this, especially uh, girls. It tends to be girls more than guys. Um, but they will change their Twitter name to match their latest crush. And so they might be like Amber Bieber XOXO or something like that. You know, they change their name often. Well, much more than that, the Lord wants to give you a new name, a new label, right? And so he'll replace your old label with a new name. In fact, this happens in the Bible a lot, Um, probably far too many times to cover them all. But let me just give you a couple of examples. In the book of Genesis, uh, there's this couple named Abram and Sarai, and, and they're desperate. I mean, more than anything else, they want to have children, but they couldn't. And so God told them, he said, you're going to have many descendants, many more than you can even count, so I'm going to give you new names. And so God gave them new names. He called Abram, Abraham, and Sarai, Sarah. And Abraham means father to many, and Sarah means princess of the multitude. And so God knew he was going to do something new through them, so he changed their name to reflect that. Now, there was another guy named Jacob. All right, now Jacob was Abraham's grandson, actually, and, and Jacob meant deceiver or trickster. And God renamed him Israel, which means wrestles with God or literally means God will prevail. Now, interestingly enough, Jacob had gotten his label, his name at birth from his parents. Uh, See, Jacob was a twin and he was born right after his brother Esau. And uh, the scripture tells us that when Esau was born, Jacob was grasping at his heel, like he was trying to pull him back in, like Jacob wanted to be the firstborn. And so this word Jacob, this name Jacob, literally means heel or heel grabber. Um, but literally or figuratively, it means deceiver. It's kind of like today we would say, you're pulling my leg, you know? That's what Jacob was doing. So he's like pulling his leg. So figuratively, it means deceiver, which brings up an important point. We can slap labels on our kids, parents. We can slap labels on our kids without even knowing it. And so anytime you say something like, you know, your brother can do this, why can't you? Or, you know, your sister always keeps her room spotless. Why is yours always a pit? You know, when we do that, we're putting labels on our kids, even if we don't intend to. I don't know how many of you saw this article in the paper. This is last Sunday's Indianapolis Star. Did anybody see this article? Uh, this article is about uh, how so many young girls, I'm talking 7, 8, 9, 10, have negative body images. You know, they, they don't feel like uh, their body is good enough. 7, 8, 9, 10-year-old girls. And, and you think, well, of course they don't. I mean, look at the media that they consume. I mean, look at the TV shows they watch and the movies they watch. Look at the magazines they read. Uh, look at the toys they play with. I mean, no wonder that girls have a negative body image. But, but this article says, no, where, they get, where most girls get their bad body images, not from uh, media, it's not from toys, it's not from anything they see in culture, it's not even from their friends that most young girls who have a negative body image get it from where? From their mom. And it's not even, as you might think, it's not even from mom saying, you know, you need to lose some weight or you look kind of fat in that or you look kind of chunky today or something like that. It's from moms who say, I need to lose weight and tell their daughters. In fact, the, the article says the one thing you should never ask your daughter is, do I look fat in this? Because it tends to give young girls a label like that. And so we can give 
our kids labels without even knowing it. You know, when I first came on staff of this church, people started calling me Pastor Steve. It was really hard to get used to, I have to admit. I mean, because I came from the corporate world and nobody ever called me anything with any respectful title in it, and not that I ever deserved it, but I felt kind of inadequate. I mean, truth be told, I still feel inadequate most days uh, to be called pastor. But then I realized, no, no, that's the new name that God has given me. Like as part of my new purpose, as part of my new life, that's the name that God has given me. And I realize that now. I may not have believed it at the time, but that was my new name. Well, in the same way, God may give you a new name. And you may not feel worthy at first. You may not feel good enough. You may not be ready for that new name. But I want to tell you that God's going to help you grow into your new name. And so for some of you, some of you will have the name forgiven. And you're forgiven. You're forgiven. And you may not feel like it yet. You may not feel like you're worthy, but God's going to grow you into that new name. All your sins are gone, and Christ will give you a new name. For some of you that are dealing with something really hard right now, God's going to give you the name Overcomer. You know, your whole life you've thought, I'm never going to overcome this. I can never defeat this. And God is going to give you that name. And you won't believe it at first. You won't feel like it's true, but you're going to grow into that new name, Overcomer. You know, some of us in the room don't feel adequate as a parent. You know, you're an exasperated mom who doesn't feel equipped uh, to deal with your kids on a day-to-day basis. Or you're a busy dad who feels like, I can never find time to spend with my kids. And God's going to give you a new name. It might be spiritual mom or spiritual dad. And you may not feel equipped now. And you may think, there's no way I'm going to be able to, you know, be a good spiritual parent to my kids. But God's going to give you that name. And he's going to prepare you for that. And he's going to grow you into that name. You know, some of you will be called spiritual leader. You'll be called to lead a connection group or to lead a ministry or to, to start something new, to start uh, something new in your neighborhood for your neighbors or in your school. And you'll be leading your family in a spiritual way. And you may not feel equipped now, but God's going to give you that name and he's going to prepare you for that. And you're going to think, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not worthy. No, that's your name. God is going to give you a new name and by his power, you will grow into that name. So many of us have been labeled by things in the past. Don't believe what others have said about you, but believe that you are who God says you are. When God gives you a new name, he means it. So God will give you a new name. Number two is this. God will give you a new purpose. You know, with your new name often comes a new purpose. We see them, again, we see him do this over and over again in his word. Uh, One of my favorite examples from the Bible is this guy named Simon. Simon wore many labels, Uh, unpredictable, wishy-washy, hothead. But then Jesus came along, and one day Jesus saw him fishing and said, hey, oh, you're a fisherman? Okay, come on, follow me, and we'll go fish for people. You've got a new purpose in your life, a new life. For the rest of your life, you're going to help people find your way back to God. That's what what Jesus said to Peter, to Simon. In other words, Simon, you're going to change the world. He said, you're going to tell all the good news that I'm going to give you to other people for the rest of your life. And you're going to do things you never thought you could do. And along with this new purpose came a new name. And so if you've got your Bibles open to Matthew chapter 16, uh, that's where we're going to read Matthew 16, starting with verse 13. Let me just say this too. If you don't have a Bible, if you don't own a Bible, we have one for you. We'd love to give you uh, at the info hub after the service. You can go grab one. Uh, no charge for that. Uh, Matthew 16:13 says this. When Jesus came to the reason, region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? So Jesus is saying, hey, what's the word on the street about me? What are people saying about me? And they replied, some say you're John the Baptist. 
who was his cousin. Others say Elijah, who was a prophet from the Old Testament, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then Jesus kind of turns the question. He says, but what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? In other words, you, the disciples, you that are following me around, who do you say I am? And in verse 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And then verse 17, Jesus replies, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And here's the payoff, verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter. Jesus is changing his name. Peter means rock. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Jesus said, I'm giving you a new name. And with that new name comes a new purpose. You are a rock. Now, some of you may not know the rest of this story, but to the Bible scholars in the room, was Peter always a rock after that? No, not even close. I mean, he messed up again and again and again, but he was growing into his new name and his new purpose. You know, when Jesus was arrested, Peter lopped off the ear of one of the guys who came to arrest him, and Jesus had to pick it up off the ground and, and heal the man and put it back on. When, when Jesus was on trial, Peter actually denied Jesus three times in the same night. Not once, but three times. A far from rock behavior. But he was growing into his name. And, and after Jesus was killed and raised from the dead... And he forgave Peter for betraying him. And Peter's ministry just took off. And Bible tells us that after Jesus ascended into heaven, the very first church meeting, uh, who was there to give the sermon? It was Peter. It was the rock. And scripture tells us that 3,000 people came to know Christ that day. Peter wasn't born a rock, but he died a rock. You know, scripture doesn't tell us how Peter died, but tradition says that Peter was set to be crucified, and he said, I'm not worthy to die like my Savior did, so if you're going to put me on a cross, put me upside down. Peter became a rock. God is going to give you a new name. With that new name will come a new purpose, and with that new purpose, the old labels are gone, and God wants to give you a new one. Don't let the labels of your past define you or imprison you or restrict you. You are not who others say you are. You're not who you sometimes think you are. You are who God says you are. He will give you a new name and a new purpose. And the third thing is this. God will give you a new future. God will give you a new future. Proverbs 23 says, Do not let your heart envy sinners, but always be zealous for fear of the Lord. Because what happens to those who are zealous and who fear the Lord? Verse 18, there is surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. You know, so many people are so pessimistic about your future. You know, what's going on today? Oh, you know, same old, same old, right? I mean, it reminds me of the story about a man uh, who signed up for skydiving lessons later in his life. He decided he was going to learn to jump out of an airplane. And so the instructor went through some really detailed uh, instructions about what's going to happen. Okay, your, your, your chute is tethered to the plane. He says, so you're going to jump, and when you get about 100 feet from the plane, uh, the tether's going to pull, that ripcord will, uh, your parachute will deploy, and you will float safely to the ground. He says, if for some reason that tether doesn't pull, your ripcord is right here. It's zipped in this pocket. You just unzip it, pull that ripcord out, your parachute's going to deploy. And the instructor says, and if for some weird reason that doesn't work, uh, you have an emergency chute in the back. So just reach around back, pull that ripcord, that chute will deploy. When you get to the ground... There is a man in a brown station wagon that's going to be waiting for you there. He'll pack up your chute. He'll, he'll bring you back to where your car is, and you're good to go. So the man jumps out of the plane, and 
he realizes he's like 200, 300, 400 feet from the plane and his parachute hasn't deployed. And he kind of looks up and he goes, all right, time for the backup. And so he unzips the, and pulls the ripcord and nothing happens. And so he's a little bit concerned, but he knows he's got an emergency chute. So he, he reaches around the back and he pulls the emergency ripcord, the backup chute, and nothing happens. And the man just looks up in exasperation. He says, I bet the station wagon won't even be there. We're so pessimistic. Some of us about our future, we're so pessimistic. I'll never get out of debt. I'm always going to be alone. My job is always going to be miserable. I'm always going to endure this pain. I'll never be a success in business. I'll never find a husband. I'll never find a wife. I'm never going to have a great marriage. But I believe when we talk about our future like this, we insult God. Because out of our greatest weakness, I believe God can raise our greatest strengths. In fact, those old labels that we wear might become the basis for our new name and your new purpose. I mean, think about it. Simon was a fisherman and Jesus said, follow me, we'll go fish for men. I mean, it could be that God wants to turn your mistakes into your ministry, right? It could be that your old name will become your new purpose. Maybe you had to go through that so that you can help others who are right now having to go through that. Right? I mean, if you've struggled with addiction, maybe your future is to help others get through that same addiction. If you've always been labeled as fat, you know, maybe God's future for you by the power of Christ is to be one of those P90X models, you know, some healthy food eating, eight hours a day exercise and fitness monster who always looks like an after picture. Like, and by the power of Christ, you're going to be made into that and help other people do the same thing. You know, maybe you've always been in debt. And maybe through that, God's giving you a burden for wise financial management. And you're going to take that burden and you're going to help other people. Maybe you're going to end up teaching our Financial Peace University class. Or you're going to counsel people who end up in debt. Because out of your weakness, God can build a future. A future that you can only imagine right now. How many of you have seen the movie Rudy? If you haven't seen it, Rudy was a young man who had dreams of playing college football for the University of Notre Dame. There were three problems in Rudy's life. Uh, His grades weren't good enough. His family wasn't rich enough. And Rudy wasn't big enough to play football. And so he goes to work for a local steel mill, uh, just like his father did. But he refuses to give up on following the dream for his future. And on his birthday, he gets a, a present from his friend Pete, who works at the steel mill with him. Take a look at this. This is what happens. You know, when Rudy puts on that jacket, 
is when he becomes a Notre Dame football player. I love that line. It says, you were born to wear that jacket. Because that future that God's got for you is the same way. If you've been wearing these labels around, if you've been carrying these things around, God wants to rip them off. He wants to give you a new name, a new purpose, and a new future. You know, you were born to wear that future. And so as we close today, I want you to listen to these words from Scripture. Ephesians 1.22 says, And God placed all things under his feet, he's talking about Jesus, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Do you know what that verse means? It means that everything is under the feet of Jesus. Specifically, anything that might stand in the way of Jesus or his mission or his followers or his church is placed under his feet. It's being trampled right now. It's being dominated by Christ. That anything that might hold us back is not going to stand because Jesus is over it and walking on it. So I want you to get out that name tag you had earlier. Remember that name tag? There should be some pins in front of you or in the seats in front of you. Uh, Get that out because we're going to use that now. What I want you to do is think back a couple minutes ago to that label that you had in your head. You know, maybe anything that you think of, but it's the one thing that you most want to get rid of. I want you to go ahead and write that on your name tag. Uh, Now, write that label. If you're too ashamed, if you don't want people to see it or whatever, just, you know, write an X or write a frowny face or whatever. God knows what it is. But I want you to just take a minute and write that name on on your name tag. Now, here's what I want you to know. You don't need to be defined by that label anymore. I believe that by the power of Christ, that God wants to give you a new name, a new purpose, and a new future. And scripture tells us that God has placed all things under the feet of Christ. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to do the same thing. I know this might be a little weird for you. Uh, Maybe you're not used to doing stuff like this in church, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to peel off that name tag. And I want you to take it. I want you to stick it on the bottom of your shoe. Scripture tells us that God has placed all things under the feet of Christ. And so we're going to do that too. And as you do that, if you're able, would you just stand? And I want you to give that shoe an extra grind as we go and celebrate the work that God is going to do in your life. Would you just give the Lord a shout of praise for that? God has put all things under the feet of Christ.